The fourth command. وَآمِنُوا and believe. بِمَا أَنزَلْتُ Now explicitly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that believe in what I have revealed. And what is this? The Qur'an. You already believe in the Torah, but now believe in the Qur'an also. Because this Qur'an is what? مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا مَعَكُمْ It confirms that which is with you. Meaning it's a continuation. It's a continuation of what was revealed previously. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed Torah, He revealed the Injil, now He has revealed the Qur'an. It's not that they're from a different source. It confirms that which is with you. So the fourth command is that you must believe in the Qur'an. The fifth command, وَلَا تَكُونُوا أَوَّلَ كَافِرٍ بِهِ Do not be the first ones to deny it. How would they be the first ones to deny it? What does this mean? Don't be the first one to deny it, so be the second or be the third? Hmm? Okay, don't deny it at all. Has it ever happened that you see somebody doing something wrong and you get tempted also? Yeah? Has it ever happened? I remember when I started driving, at the beginning I was so careful. If it says 60, only 60. If it says 70, only 70. If it says 100, only 100. Alright, and then people would come behind me and, you know, they get irritated and they change lanes. I'm like, oh, doesn't matter, you know. Law is law. I have to go 70 even if you are getting upset. Alright? You can change lanes, but don't expect me to speed up. But then what happens sometimes is that when everybody is going so fast, right? Especially when you're on the highway, everybody's going on 120 and you're going on 100, you feel like somebody's gonna hit you. So what happens? You also go over the speed limit. When somebody else is doing something wrong, it makes it easy for you to do it too. Isn't it? So, what is meant is, do not set a bad precedent. Do not begin a wrong practice. Because if you deny the Prophet ﷺ, then the rest of the people after you are also going to deny him. And if you believe in him, then the people who come after you are also going to believe in him. So don't start a bad tradition. And this is something that we all need to think about. Remember, what you do is not just going to affect you. It will also affect the people around you. Have you ever learned a bad word from somebody else? Of course, where else did you learn it from? You either heard it or you read it enough times that it stuck in your head until you were able to use it too. Isn't it? So the person who said the bad word in front of you, not once, but multiple times, they could say, oh, don't tell me anything, it's just going in my book. Okay, it's going in your book of deeds. But other people are also learning from you. And here we need to be careful. Our language, the words we use, our actions, the things we do, the choices we make, they affect others also. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns the Bani Israel, لَا تَكُونُوا أَوَّلَ كَافِرٍ بِهِ Don't start this bad tradition. Then, the sixth command, وَلَا تَشْتَرُوا بِآيَاتِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا Do not exchange my verses for a petty price. What does it mean? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Bani Israel the Torah. Correct? Now what happened? 
Tawrat contained law that they were supposed to follow. Now when it comes to rules and regulations, any rules and regulations, are they always easy to follow? Are they? Like for example, you are required to do your lesson seven times. For instance, you are required to do your recitation homework. You are required to do your quiz. Isn't it? Now you might say that this is getting a little tough. You know, I can't do it. It's just too much, man. So, can you just change the rule yourself? You know what? It's not seven times anymore. It's three times. Can you do it yourself? And if you were to do it, that oh, I just did it three times because you know what? I changed the rule. Does that make sense? You can't change it. Right? Now what happened is that the Bani Israel, they literally changed the book of Allah. They changed it. Parts of it, which they found difficult, which they did not like, completely removed it. And then, for their own convenience, they added certain other things. They changed the book of Allah. Now when they did it, why did they do that? To get some worldly benefit. Okay? So here, لا تشتروا بآياتي ثمنا قليلا When you change the book of Allah, when you're giving up my verses, meaning following them, what are you getting in return? Some temporary enjoyment. And when you will do that, how much enjoyment will that be? It will be a little. It will be very little. Because what have you actually signed up for? Permanent punishment in the year after. Allah's anger, His wrath, His disapproval. So no matter what you get in return for changing God's book, whatever you get is going to be thamanan qalila. Remember, we have to change ourselves. We don't change the book of Allah. Alright? This is very simple. When you're driving, even if you're driving like a super speedy car, whatever, your favorite version, everybody might have a different version, Even if you're driving a car that can drive really fast, like in three seconds, you could be driving at 80, for example. It doesn't matter. When you're on the road, what are you required to do? Go change the speed limit signs? Yeah? Change the 70 to 700? Can you do that? And if you would even try to do that, would there be any repercussions? Serious ones. Right? And you can't argue over there, well, you know what, what can I do? My car drives too fast. Can you make that argument? Nope. If you tried, it wouldn't work. You'd still get your ticket. Right? So, the point is, you have to change yourself. You don't change the law. Because if you start changing the law, where would you stop? Where would you stop? You change it because you say, no, no, 70 is too little, let's move it to 700. Somebody else says, oh, 700, too dangerous, let's move it to 20. You know, because I don't like these speedy cars. If everybody starts changing the law, what's going to happen? First of all, it's going to turn into a joke. Second of all, there will be chaos. Isn't it? So, remember this rule. We have to change ourselves according to the Qur'an. We don't change the Qur'an. Alright? Write this down. We don't change the book of Allah. We must change ourselves. Now for example, when it comes to salah, you say, you know what, Fajr, too early man. It doesn't work here in Canadian summer. No way. Isha, too late. Doesn't work in Canadian uh, summer. So you know what, let's change it. 
let's change the time of fajr from before sunrise to two hours after sunrise because it's easy well and some people will say no no you know what it's okay you don't have to pray fajr no problem as long as you get three prayers you know it's sufficient can you do that if you were to do that what would you get maybe two hours more sleep maybe a little bit more fun at night yeah what would that be samanan qalila a petty price a small gain you'll enjoy a little bit here but in the hereafter there will be repercussions wala tashtaru bi ayati samanan qalila in surah an-nisa verse number 77 allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says qul mata'u dunya qalil the benefit of this world the enjoyment of this world is a little It's very little. وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ The hereafter is better. لِمَنِ اتَّقَى For the one who fears Allah. Then they're told, number seven, that وَإِيَّايَ فَاتَّقُونَ Fear only me. Have taqwa of me. Be cautious. Have taqwa of Allah. When they were ordered to remember Allah's blessings, they were told, فَرْهَبُونِ And here, when they're prohibited from certain things, they're addressed with fattaquni next verse wala talbisu wala talbisu do not mix al haqq the truth bil batil with the falsehood number 8 the eighth command is what do not mix the truth with the falsehood how did they do that like i told you before they changed the book up they changed the book up like for example if let's say Somebody took your book. All right? They took the book. Your notes. Your Surah Al-Baqarah binder. For example. I'm not giving ideas, but if somebody were to do that. All right? And they see that you've taken your notes in blue pen. And they take a blue pen. And inside your notes, somewhere, you know, they write random things. Somebody's name, a silly message, things like that. And your mother sees it. She's like, what were you writing in class? I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I didn't write any such stuff. I was sitting in the first row. I was fully focused. And I took my notes properly. She's like, look at this. What does this say? You're like, no, I didn't do it. Now what happened over here? Somebody else wrote things in your book, mixed it up with your notes, and now your mother can't tell what you wrote and what somebody else wrote. Right? It's all mixed up. Now, this is just your notes. You're a human being. This page got messed up, no problem. Start another. But these people did this with the book of Allah. They mixed the truth with the falsehood. They changed it. How? By removing some parts, by adding some parts, by changing some parts. They mixed it all up. So it turned into like a... In Urdu they say kichri. Alright? Kichri is a kind of food which is a mix of lentils and rice. I imagine you take rice, really like gooey rice, and you take gooey lentils, and you just mix it all up. What is that? Mess. So when you're sick and your mom says, eat it, you're like, no way. This is what they did with the Torah. They changed it up, mixed it up. So when people tried to read it, it didn't make any sense to them. They found it very difficult. There were contradictions. It became very difficult to comprehend. So, لَا تَلْبِسُوا الْحَقَّ بِالْبَاطِلِ And then number nine, وَتَقْتُمُ الْحَقِّ 
Do not conceal the truth wa antum ta'lamun while you know. Do not conceal the truth knowingly. Now you see, here also there's some background. And that is that the Arabs in Arabia, they would go to the Bani Israel and they would ask them. Now you know, here is this man, he says he's the Prophet of Allah, what do you say? And they would give like ambiguous answers. Yes, he's a Prophet, not for us, maybe for you. Now the average person, what is he supposed to do? Well, tell me if he's a prophet or not. Am I supposed to believe or not? Give me one answer. The thing is that somebody would mix the truth with lies. Why? Either to save their face, their own face, so that they don't look bad, or to please the people. Because sometimes people don't like to hear the truth. You understand? Sometimes people don't like to hear the truth. They don't want to know the truth. So when you know that somebody is going to be mad, you change it. You change it just to please them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns them against this. Do not hide the truth. Your goal, your focus should not be to please people. Like for example, there are things mentioned in the Qur'an which are there. No doubt. I mean, you open the Qur'an, you'll see it. Like for example... Verses regarding women being commanded to cover themselves or not display their adornment. Now if a person says, there is no hijab mentioned in the Qur'an. And you will find interviews like that. People who claim to be Muslim and they'll say, oh hijab is not mentioned in the Qur'an. And the person interviewing them says, well, what do you say about this? And they read the verse. I mean, don't conceal the truth. Don't mix it up with your own lies. It's there, it's there. Admit it. So, لا تلبسوا الحق بالباطل وتكتموا الحق وأنتم تعلمون. Then they're told number ten, the tenth command, أقيموا الصلاة, establish the prayer. Then number eleven, وآتوا الزكاة, give the zakah. Number twelve, وركعوا مع الراكعين, don't do it alone, always do it in congregation. Why? Because prayer in congregation makes the prayer easy. And it also brings more reward. Doesn't it? How much more reward does it bring? How many more times? 27 more times. So, أَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ آتُوا الزَّكَاةَ وَارْكَعُوا مَعَ الرَّاكِعِينَ Now the thing is that the Bani Israel, they're scholars or people who had knowledge of the scripture. Many times they would advise people, you know, the masses, you should do this and you should do that and this is a major sin and that is a major sin. But then, they would have a completely different standard for themselves. Like for example, we learned that Salman al-Farisi radiallahu anhu. Have you heard about him? Hmm? Salman al-Farisi radiallahu anhu. Remember he was from Persia. He was from a family of fire worshippers. And he came across a group of people who were in a church singing their songs and etc. So he really liked that and he left his home and he went with them. He converted to Christianity. And then he asked around that who's the most righteous person amongst you, most knowledgeable. So people told him that this guy, very knowledgeable, you should go to him. So Salman radiallahu anhu went to him and he said, I want to stay with you, I'll serve you, etc. And that person allowed him. So Salman al-Farisi radiallahu anhu, he said, I went to stay with him, but he was a bad man. He would command people and encourage them to give charity. 
but then he would keep a great deal of it for himself and he would not give it to the poor so when people came to learn from him he would address them and he would tell them give charity give charity and when people would give charity what would he do he would keep most of it for himself and give very little to the poor or hardly anything and salman radhiyallahu anhu said that this man had amassed seven chests of gold and silver so much treasure he had saved just for himself and this is not something that was unique to this man only allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says atamuruna an-nasa bil birri are you telling people to do good watansauna anfusakum and here you are forgetting yourself you're telling them to do good and you're not doing that good yourself what is this this is hypocrisy double standard you see charity begins where at home you begin doing good how from yourself the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said ibda binafsik begin with yourself meaning when you have money firstly you spend it on who on who yourself it doesn't mean that you're treating yourself to a hundred dollar steak all the time no it means that you fulfill your needs you can't be giving charity to somebody while you haven't eaten for three days and you have no money for rent right ibda binafsik and then whatever you have extra left over then your family then to others and to others and you just keep expanding the circle but it begins from who yourself there was a man at the time of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam a young boy actually and this boy was jewish he was from these three tribes i don't know which one but one of them for sure anyway this young boy he would serve the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam even though he was jewish he would help the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam around do some work for him etc so now what happened this boy he fell ill he was very sick and he was going to die it was very clear this boy is going to die so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam went to him to see him and he spoke to him asked him how he was doing etc and then he also told him embrace islam you know you should believe and so the boy what happened he looked at his father because his father he was not a muslim so the boy looked at his father as if taking permission from his father that what do you say and the father said obey abul qasim meaning muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam listen to him do what he's telling you to do so that boy he believed he said ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadar rasulullah did the father believe no but the father is telling his son believe but he himself is not believing You understand? Now unfortunately, this is a mistake that is not limited to that father. We also make the same mistake. For example, we're sitting, we'll tell somebody, "Get up and pray." And he says, "You first." No, no, you first. No, you first. No, you first. You can't tell somebody else to pray when you haven't even prayed yourself and you're not even intending to pray. You can't tell people speak the truth when you're lying to them. You can't tell somebody in a rude manner behave yourself because if you're telling them to behave you better behave too right atamuruna an-nasa bil birri wa tansawna anfusakum wa antum tatluna al-kitab you read the book you know what the book says in other words you have knowledge other people may not have knowledge you have knowledge so when you have knowledge you better act on it and if you're not acting on it and you're just advising other people what are you doing afala taqilun where's your aql what's going on use your reason use your brain 
This is such a serious crime. Advising people all the time and forgetting yourself. This is a very serious crime and something that we should be very scared of. The Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned to us the punishment of such people who command others to do good and refuse to do it themselves. Those who forbid people from evil, but then they do it themselves. And you know what the punishment is? Do you know what the punishment is? Something horrific. It's difficult to even mention. But I have to. Because the Prophet ﷺ said so. People whose lips will be cut with scissors of fire. Advising others, forgetting themselves. May Allah forgive us. The thing is, yes, we cannot be perfect. We are human beings and we will make mistakes. But we have to try our best. And where we are falling short, we must seek Allah's help. Where, how, Allah tells us, وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ salah. Seek help through patience and prayer. If you find something hard, this is the next command, number 13, seek Allah's help. How do you seek Allah's help? Like for example, you see that people in your family are not that consistent with their prayers. So you tell them, muttaqin, establish their prayers. So you establish your prayer. And here you are not praying yourself. What do you do? You gotta seek Allah's help. You can't do it yourself. You need Allah's help. How do you get Allah's help? Two ways are given here. Firstly, sabr. What is sabr? Sabr is habsun nafs. Habsun nafs. Write that down. To control oneself. Have you ever tried to control somebody else? Hmm? Like for example, maybe you have a younger brother. Maybe. And you just love to tease him. Hmm? And maybe as an older sister, you just want to, you know, practice your makeup skills. Makeup skills as an older sister. Like this happens in siblings. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna grab this little boy, force him down, right? And then get your lipstick, whatever, and then smother it all over him, and then get your eye makeup and put it on him, and the poor kid is screaming, screaming, screaming. But you've got him in control. He can't go until you let him go. Has it ever happened that there's little children, like a little baby, you just wanna hug him. And the baby is like screaming, leave me alone. Do you accept it? Like, like no, no, I'm not going to let you go. You scream, you kick, you fight, you punch. I don't care. I'm going to give you a hug and I will. No matter what. Huh? We are very good sometimes at controlling other people. Whereas that should not be our focus. If somebody wants their space, please give them their space. If somebody doesn't want makeup on their face, please don't put makeup on their face. If somebody doesn't want a hug or a kiss, please let them be. Alright? Don't force it. What we need to do is that we need to control who? Ourselves. That if I have to do this, I have to make myself do it. No matter how much I find it difficult or boring. You know, for example, right now, hmm, you're doing habsun nafs. And you're doing a pretty good job, right? Because I know you have so many other things on your head. You just want to get out, talk, maybe go outside, play basketball. You saw kids playing outside. You want to go join them. You have so many thoughts coming in your head. But you're telling yourself, no, no, just, just wait. Just a little bit more time. 
This is hapsun nafs. And the thing is that when you make yourself do something, then you end up doing it. Right? Have you ever tried to do like a push-up? Or a plank? Yeah? What happens? As soon as you get into that plank position, you're like, ah, I'm gonna fall. I, I can't do this. Right? But then you're like, no, no, it's okay. One more second. One more second. One more second. I'm just gonna make it to ten seconds. Right? This is hapsun nafs, where you force yourself to do what you got to do. And when you make yourself do it, you get something done. And if you're too easy on yourself, that as soon as you get into that plank position, you're like, I don't think I can do it. Fall. Okay, don't do it. Fine. You'll never get that strength in your core. You won't. And that's okay. If that's what you want for yourself. But if you want to get stronger and healthier and develop resilience, then you've got to do sabr. So, وَاسْتَعِينُ بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَةِ Also pray. Ask Allah. But this prayer thing, hmm, وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِعِينَ Very difficult, except for who? Those who fear Allah. But who are those people who fear Allah? الَّذِينَ يَظُنُّونَ أَنَّهُمْ مُلَاقُ رَبِّهِمْ They know that they're going to meet their Lord. وَأَنَّهُمْ إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ And that one day, they're going back to Allah. And the thought of facing Allah makes them get up and pray. Then they can't stay sitting or lying down. They can't just keep hitting snooze. Because they know one day they're going to stand before Allah. And one of the first things that they have to answer about is what? What is it? Salah. And then again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds them to remember His favors. وَأَنِّي فَضَّلْتُكُمْ عَلَى الْعَالَمِينَ And then He warns them of the day of judgment. That fear that day when no person is going to come and rescue you, no intercession will be accepted, and no compensation will be taken, and there is no help at all. Prepare for that day. Save yourself from loss on that day. So 15 commands, inshallah we'll do a review in our next class. Ya Bani Israel, azkuru ni'mati allati an'amtu alaykum wa awfu bi'ahdi wa awfu bi'ahdi awfi bi'ahdikum wa iya yafarhabun وَآمِنُوا بِمَا أَنزَلْتُ مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا مَعَكُمْ وَلَا تَكُونُوا أَوَّلَ كَافِرٍ بِهِ وَلَا تَشْتَرُوا بِآيَاتِي ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا وَإِيَّايَ فَاتَّقُونَ وَلَا تَلْبِسُوا الْحَقَّ بِالْبَاطِلِ وَتَكْتُمُوا الْحَقَّ وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُوا الزَّكَاةَ وَارْكَعُوا مَعَ الرَّاكِعِينَ أَتَأْمُرُونَ النَّاسَ بِالْبِرِّ وَتَنْسَوْنَ أَنفُسَكُمْ وَأَنْتُمْ تَتْلُونَ الْكِتَابِ أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ 
وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِعِينَ الَّذِينَ يَظُنُّونَ أَنَّهُمْ مُلَاقُوا رَبِّهِمْ وَأَنَّهُمْ إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ يَا بَنِي إسرائيل اذكروا نعمتي التي أنعمت عليكم وأني فضلتكم على العالمين واتقوا يوما لا تجزي نفس عن نفس شيئا ولا يقبل منها شفاعة وَلَا يُقْبَلُ مِنْهَا شَفَاعَةٌ وَلَا يُؤْخَذُ مِنْهَا عَدْلٌ وَلَا هُمْ يُنصَرُونَ سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك